Thank you, Nora. Let us pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth, the meditations of all of our hearts, be pleasing and acceptable to you, Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Last week, Pastor Wade introduced our new sermon series during this season of stewardship. We find ourselves discerning together Paul's message to the church of Corinth. We're in 1 Corinthians, currently in chapter 12. We have recently learned about how the church of Corinth is struggling living life in Christ. Uh, we learned about, or excuse me, and in chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, which is what Wade covered last week, we are reminded to live life in the Holy Spirit so that we can proclaim that Jesus is Lord. And we do so even in a world that's full of false idols. So today we continue on our journey through the scriptures. We'll be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 11. So please listen to the word of God. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and of the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one, just as he determines. Amen. So the Apostle Paul continues to not simply provide instruction to his fellow believers in the church of Corinth, but he is also providing a level of correction. In this passage, it seems that Paul is making a point that all spiritual gifts, in all of their beautiful variety, come from a single source, from our gracious Lord. In verse 4, the Apostle Paul uses the Greek word charismata, and according to scholars, this word is rarely used in the New Testament, and in fact is rarely used in the entirety of ancient literature. It's rooted in the word charis, which is translated as grace. So we have gifts of grace, or as one author puts it, we have concrete expressions of God's grace. In other words, when you and I have our spiritual gifts, when you and I use our spiritual gifts, the gifts that God has given us, we direct people's attention to our gracious Lord. You may have also noted that the word charismata sounds a lot like a word that we use in our day, the word charisma. So in preparing for our sermon this morning, I uh, had some fun conversations with a few, several members of our church about what charisma means, at least in our time. Uh, what would be our reaction to thinking about that word? We spoke about how it seems to be a personal quality, perhaps. Some descriptors that were used, maybe someone who is vibrant, someone who is influential, someone who is appealing, 
suave, maybe a little confidence. Sometimes this personal quality can be used for good, but other times it could be used for evil. It could be used to manipulate other people. There are too many examples of that in history. We also discussed how charisma seems to be something that has a little bit of a blend of nature and nurture. At least it comes across that way. We know some people who they just, they just have it. They have the charisma. Think about my little guy, right? Charisma. Pretty sure that's his middle name. Other, for other people, it's cultivated. It's developed over time, this gift that the Lord gives. As a community of believers, we provide some infrastructure to this word, among other words, but including this word charisma. See, here as the community of believers, we look to root it into the virtues of our faith. And we also look to apply charisma and other things into the advancement of the kingdom of God. So as community of believers, we provide that infrastructure for something like charisma to live and to have its place But I do want to tie back charisma. Let's go back to the biblical understanding of charisma or charismata in our passage this morning. So let's go back to verse 4. So we all have gifts. We all have charisma, so to speak. And there's a variety of it amongst the community of believers. And unlike our modern understanding of charisma, sometimes our biblical charisma or our spiritual gifts They may not always be as flashy or as obvious as maybe some other things are. True, we do have some gifts as we chatted with our children this morning. There are some gifts that we have that are quickly observable. You walk into a room, you see their gifts. I think about Pastor Wade. I think about our Sunday school teachers. They are blessed with a gift of preaching and teaching. But then there's also others who you discover their precious gifts during a quiet conversation. So no matter what your gift is, the Apostle Paul reminds us in the second half of verse 4 that they are all distributed by the same Spirit. That is what, and this is Paul leveling the playing field, so to speak, right? It's believed that the people in the church of Corinth, some of the believers may have had some issues with placing certain gifts higher than other gifts in terms of value, People may have been crediting themselves for the gifts that they have. But we know, and the Apostle Paul knows, that it is God who gives the gifts. And it is to God's glory that we have these gifts of grace, not to the glory of man. So Paul continues in verse 5 and verse 6 with the same pattern. Paul mentions service, which can be translated as ministry. And here at the United Church, we have all different kinds of ministry. And it comes from the same Lord. We have different types of work. But all of that work is from the same God who works through us. My friends, these few verses provides such an important foundation for the rest of the passage that we will read, we have read, and will discern this morning. And we need to understand the nature of these gifts. And even more, Paul is telling us that we need to understand the nature of God before we understand the spiritual gifts. This block of three verses in the beginning of our, of, of our passage, this speaks to the triune nature of our Lord. 
We see in verse 4, we see that the Spirit is noted. But in verse 5, we see that the Lord is named. And the word used in Greek is the word kyrios. This Greek word is found in our Greek Old Testament, which is known as the Septuagint. And this word is used 6,000 times to translate God's Hebrew name into Greek. It's also likely that the Apostle Paul used the Greek Old Testament. It was the language of the land. And in the New Testament, throughout, we see this Greek word kyrios used and attributed to Jesus, the Son of God. So we have the Holy Spirit in verse 4, and we have the Son of God, Christ Jesus, noted in verse 5. And then in verse 6, we see the word theos used, and that directs our attention to the Father. My friends, what we have here is the diversity of the divine persons that are united in the triune nature of our one God. It is the very nature of God that should be reflected in our diverse set of gifts that make up the single body of Christ. Our various gifts, one not being more important than another, our various gifts one being distinct from another, come together to form the single body of Christ. And that reflects the true nature and the triune nature of God. We need one another. We need community in order to be complete. We need one another's gifts to become the people that God always intended us to be. Our gifts coming together, our gifts bring completion, not competition. It is precisely in this unity of the community of believers when we become more fully the image of God that we were called to be since the very beginning. This reminds me of a famous paraphrase attributed to St. Irenaeus. So this is a guy back from the second century. And he was known for his efforts against various heresies, his work against those things. Uh, there was one that he was particularly uh, up against, and that was the heresy of Gnosticism. Uh, this is a, a, a term, uh, a heresy that we've learned recently in our adult education class a few weeks back. So to put it, to put it concisely, this heresy attempts to divide our material and immaterial realities apart. And then it pits them against one another. In his efforts against this heresy, St. Irenaeus is credited for the famous paraphrase, God glorified is man fully alive. God glorified is man fully alive. My friends, there is no competition in God's good created order. Both the material and the immaterial are found to be good. The land and the sea are not against one another, but rather they belong together. And they are found together to be good. The birds of the air and the fish of the sea, the animals and the plants, the moon and the stars, and each and every single one of us, and each and every one of our own spiritual gifts, God has made us and found us to be good together. We are fully alive when we give credence to both our physical and spiritual realities. 
And likewise, we are fully alive when we receive God's grace and to express that grace through the spiritual gifts that he has given us. We are fully alive when we take our God-given gifts and use them amongst the community of believers. We are fully alive when our gifts and the needs around us intersect. And evidence of this is when we experience joy in meeting a need. And it's precisely when joy and meets collide, or excuse me, joy and need collide, that is when we are fully alive. And it's, when, it's precisely then when God is glorified. So to summarize this, the Apostle Paul is correcting the church of Corinth. Paul is, it says to credit God as the source of our gifts, ministries, and work. He says that there are a variety of gifts that come together to complete, not compete. And in that unity, the community of believers reflects the triune nature of God, living out our God image. And it's that foundation that we need before we understand and proceed to the rest of the passage this morning. So verse 7 through 11, it's not an exhaustive list of all the spiritual gifts. Paul seems to be intentionally providing at least a diverse representation of gifts to strengthen his overall point. We don't have time to dive into each and every single gift that is listed in detail anyways. But I do want to point towards the larger structure and flow of our passage. Just about every verse starts with another believer and ends with another gift. And these gifts seem to maybe neatly group together. So we have wisdom and knowledge mentioned back to back. So maybe those can be in a group over here. Faith, healing, miracles, perhaps they can be grouped over there. Prophesying and the ability to discern spirits, they may belong together. Speaking in tongues and the interpretation of tongues could be groups. But then there is verse 11. Verse 11, the Apostle Paul groups all of these gifts, these diverse gifts, and brings them together under one spirit, under one God. And that is a beautiful community. It's that beauty that will attract others to the kingdom of God. When we use our gifts as a unified body, that invites people in. And it's in that beauty that invites others to discover God's grace for themselves, to discover their own gifts, spiritual gifts that God has given them, and how they can use it to glorify the Lord. So in this season of stewardship, consider how you may use your gifts that God has given you. How your gifts fit into the larger unit. How our gifts together come together for the common good. Our gifts all depend on each other. So let us work together. To align our gifts and our joys with the needs of those around us. And when we bring all of our gifts together under the one spirit, God is glorified and we are fully alive. Let us pray.
Lord, you are the giver of gifts. You are the giver of grace. You created us and the world around us to be good. Lord, empower us with your spirit to use our diverse gifts for the common good. Help us maintain the unity of the body that you've established through Jesus. And help us appreciate one another's gifts and to build each other up so that we can be most fully alive in you. In Jesus' name, amen.